Hello everybody, uh, we're going to be looking at Matthew 6 today, at least the first portion. Um, I'm going to be focusing on the theme of how it talks about matters of the heart, the intentions of your heart. So, like normal, we're going to be waiting for some people to join. Um, so yeah. Hello everybody. There's some more lighting in here. High before it gets crowded. Praise God, too, right? <sighs> so you guys might see a different background. I'm at my brother's house right now. So get a little bit of anointing in here, shall we? Yeah, I think we're going to be focusing on Matthew 6, 1 through 14. So I'm going to go ahead and put that in here. Matthew 6, verse 1 through 14. Dude, I had coffee later and I realized I haven't had anything to eat with my coffee and I'm like shaking like crazy. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. Not morning anymore, it's afternoon. I'm so used to doing the morning ones. Good afternoon. Isaiah. Blake, it's good to see you. Good to see you guys. Hello. Let's see who else we got on here. Christina, it's good to see you. Jaden, thank you for joining. Hello. We're going to wait just a little bit longer. Jude, it's good to see you. Jenny. Good afternoon, guys. Really good to see all of you. Like I said, we're going to be talking about Matthew 6, 1 through 14. And I'm going to focus on what it talks about with the heart. So, hi, I just made a cup of tea, so I'm ready to listen. Praise God. All right, guys, I hope you got your Bibles. Get your Bibles out, get your notes, uh, your notebook out, and get your pen, pencil. Um, we're going to be focusing on one of the themes in Matthew 6, and really one of the themes in the entirety of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, yeah, it's going to relate to the other two. So, Jude, I'm doing great. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to talk with you guys today. So, all right, let's get going. We're going to start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. Jesus, I just pray that we can quiet our hearts, quiet our minds from everything that's going on um, in our lives and just to focus on you, Father. Focus on you for this moment. Because so often one of the ways the enemy works is to distract us, to distract us, to make ourselves busy, to busy our minds and our ears and our eyes and our hearts so that we, we don't take these moments, God. And so just help us relax right now in this moment and focus on you. Thank you, Jesus. God, I pray that you open our hearts to receive today, our ears to hear of your grace and our eyes to see of your love. In your name, amen. All right, <clears throat> let's get going. All right, Matthew 6, giving to the needy. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. I'm going to full stop because right now, 
I know one thing that um, a lot of people get flack for when we step out. So this is including us and other people. That when we, you step out and you proclaim that God calls us to godliness, right? So he died for our sins, period, full stop. Jesus came for the whole world. He opened the door to his eternal home and he calls us to step into it, right? So he died for the whole world. But those people that actually come before him and ask for the gift that they've been given now and receive and then walk in it, those, those, that's you and I, hopefully, Christians, right? We, we have declared with mouth, we have professed with mouth that he is God, declared in our heart that he rose from the dead. We've repented before him, which is to turn away from your sins, a changing of your mind. And he is faithful to forgive. And now we're in that part where our gift, it, our eternal life is not, not where we stop. We get that. That's not where we stop, though. See, we we're now called further past that. Eternal life is our first, most, one of the greatest gifts we can receive from the Father. But that's not where our relationship with Him, him ends. See, Jesus has now called us into relationship in pursuit of righteousness. Right? So righteousness is a gift that we've been given through Christ, but godliness is what He calls us to now. So, as Christians, when we pursue that godliness and we're encouraging other people to do the same, Matthew 6 has a great way of explaining why we need to be very careful about this, right? We were talking about Matthew 5 earlier, Sermon on the Mount, salt and light, Christ came to fulfill the law, anger, lust, divorce, oaths, retaliation, love your enemies. Jesus is proposing this theme of where our hearts should be when we walk on this side of the new earth and new new heaven. So beware of practicing your righteousness before other people. Why? Because most of the time, especially during this time, that, that people were doing that and they said, beware of doing it in order to be seen by them for then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. So what, what does that mean? So hypocrites originally referred to Greek actors who wore different masks to play various roles. Jesus expected his disciples to give to the needy. So let's, let's keep going here. What else does it say? Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites, so as these people did, do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So what is Jesus prompting here? So often we love to, we love to jump on when people talk about godliness and righteousness and we like to say, hey, that is, that's self-righteous. You know, God says that, that you're supposed to practice that in secret, which is true under which circumstance? When the intention of the heart, when the matters of the heart are off. So me telling you, no, God calls you to be godly. So you need to be godly. That's not self-righteousness. It's not because I know where my heart is. God knows where my heart is. It's not coming from a place of pride or self-righteousness. Everyone knows, and I will declare myself that I am a sinner. I need Christ, but I know what he's called us to, so we should pursue that together. See, Jesus was calling out the heart just like he does in everything else. So earlier we had someone asking about retaliation. What do you mean that if someone slaps me across the cheek, I'm supposed to turn the other one? Shouldn't I be able to defend myself? Yes, 
See, God's not talking about not defending yourself in that scenario or helping other people not be attacked. He's talking about how, where your heart is. Your heart shouldn't be where your heart shouldn't react anger with anger. Just right here. Your heart when you're giving, your intention when you're giving, when you're when you're preaching godliness, when you're pursuing Christ shouldn't be so that other people see. That's one of the biggest complaints that we have that your the Living Love team and the Living Love community gets is that, you know, why are you putting us all on display? That's self-righteous. No, it's not. And if you think it is, take it up with the Lord. It's not self-righteous. What we're doing is encouraging and walking with you guys and you with us. And that's what God is saying here. He doesn't say, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people, period. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. That's a matter of the heart. He's not saying don't practice righteousness. He's saying don't practice it in front of other people in order to be seen by them. So if your heart is not in that place, you, I, I could care less. You know, that's not, that's not what my, my heart is about. That's not what your heart should be about. That's what Jesus is saying here. So let's just, let's just read that again, starting at two, just to really let that sink in. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you. <clears throat> As the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. So often during this time, right, we can think of plays and different things that were like, they were, they were big. These people wanted to be seen. When you gave a great gift, it was honorable that you were able to do that. So they'd sound great trumpets. But God is like, Jesus, Jesus saying here, he's like, no, you need to understand the matter of the heart. Your gift, if you're able to give a lot and you give that, great. If someone's not able to give a lot and they give that, amazing. Those are on equal ground. The, the ground, the foot of the cross is level, right? He's going, I want to know your heart and your heart in these situations. So I hope that sinks in. It's beautiful. Let's keep going there. Three, um. Three, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. If you want to take this literal, awesome. I, I back you. Take it literal because that's honestly, that's one of the things we, we should do. But what Jesus is saying here is if you, if you are giving so mindlessly, so selflessly that you basically almost don't give it a second thought. That will be the best way in order to protect you from doing something out of self-righteousness or pride, right? If I'm, not, if I'm not giving in order that I can tell somebody I gave, praise God, that's what Jesus is talking about here. He wants your heart to be in the right place because he knows your heart. He knows your intentions. So let's keep going. The Lord's Prayer. <clears throat> Now, forewarning, as I was reading through this, I didn't have it on my heart to break down the this magnificence and the beauty of the Lord's Prayer today. So that's not what we're gonna focus on. We're gonna, we're gonna keep focusing on the matters of the heart. So, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, right? Who are the hypocrites? Originally referred to Greek actors who wore different masks to play various roles. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners that they may be seen by others, right? Matter of the art, he's pointing that out. May be seen. It's not a bad thing to pray in front of others when your intention is encouragement done in the right way in obedience with God's word and his will. But it is a problem when you're doing it so that others may be seen and bask in your glory, not his glory. 
right? So we're focused, we're so focused, and Jesus is trying to get this across because it was so culturally applicable during that time. That he's like, just because you know how to say a fancy prayer, just because you speak louder than other people, just because you give more, doesn't make you any better than anybody else. Therefore, you shouldn't be doing it to glorify yourself. Ah, it's so, it's so good. Because Jesus is like, no, I already know what you're doing. I already know your heart. So don't try to make other people know your heart. Don't try to make other people glorify you. You are glorified because what I am doing for you, what I've done for you. And that's, that's what he's saying. <clears throat> so, um, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Let's look into that more. Stand and pray in the synagogues. At set times, Jews would stop what they were doing and pray. Jesus did not condemn all public prayer as is, as is indicated by his own prayers in public. One's internal motivation is his central concern here. Isn't that beautiful? So it's not saying don't let your, your true godliness, your relationship with Christ be proclaimed across the earth. No, he's saying if that happens, if you're given the opportunity when you do that, know the intention of your heart. Because if the intention of your heart is not only solely to bring God glory, then you shouldn't be doing that because it's only bringing yourself glory. That's a pride issue. That's a self-righteousness issue. And in the same way, when you pray, when you pray for people, in front of people, anything like that, if your heart is not in the right place, the prayer is worthless because you're praying to God for somebody, your intercessory or whatever it might be. That is what God is looking at, right? So let this be encouraging because he's saying, he's not saying not to do these things. He's not saying not to preach godliness in the pursuit of it. He's not saying not to pray in public. He's saying, know your heart when you do so because I, Deuteronomy 28, blessings for obedience. When you do these with obedience, when you do my word with obedience in holiness and pursuit of godliness in relationship with me, I will bless you. And if you don't, that there are curses for disobedience. So let's keep going. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Verse six, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Beautiful, take it literal if you need to. Take it literal if you have to, if you want to, if you need to. If you can't know, like if you don't, if you don't know who you're trying to glorify in a situation, I would, I would highly suggest that you immediately just pray to the Lord, God, please help me to make sure I'm doing this just for you. And if you can't, remove yourself, right? He's saying, do it in secret because then you know for sure that, you, that I, God, not, not me, but God is the only one you're glorifying. Jesus is the only one you're glorifying. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. He's there with you. That's what's most important. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Praise God. Beautiful. He will reward you. More than eternal life. That's a common misconception we get over here is that God will always oh, going to bless us. Tomorrow I'm going to have a good day. Praise God. Speak that into existence. He will reward you. He knows the matters of the heart. He knows the intentions of your heart. And he promises that when, when, when our hearts are lined and our intentions are lined with obedience and the will of the Lord, which we can know through scripture, he will reward us. Praise God. Anybody that says different, read your Bible. I'd love to talk with you. <clears throat> so, 
the, it's so quiet in this room. Like I feel like I'm yelling, just talking normally. So <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Anyway, I just cracked myself up. Seven, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So what is it saying, right? Those same actors were very fluent. They were educated. And so when they went into the synagogues and prayed in front of everyone, they used fancy words that were just in the same way when somebody gave a lot, made the people that tried to give as much as they could, even though they were poor, feel bad about themselves, right? So in the same way, if I were to go into, uh, I don't know, a public place and just start praying and praying that the Lord forgive everyone their sins because they're unholy. And I, you know, I did it with the wrong intentions, the wrong way and not in a, not in obedience to God. Um, you know, that's just wrong. <laughs> that's just wrong, right? So do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. When we're praying to the Lord, it should be intentional, Right? He wants to have a relationship with you. And so when we pray with him, we should be cherishing that moment. Not just speaking because we have to, but having weight to every word because there's significance and intentionality behind it, right? He was intentional with every single thing he done, he's done for you, in you, and through you. So we should be likewise intentional with everything that we do. Okay, I'm gonna answer some questions real quick before we keep going. How do we truly fix our hearts to do it for God and not for others, right? Okay, so that's beautiful. I talk about this in TikTok all the time because I get questions like, I don't feel like I'm saying, you know, I don't feel the Lord in my life. I don't feel this, that, and the other. Well, guess what? Your feelings and emotions should not be your primary pillar in your faith. They should be there. There is a place for that, but they shouldn't be. Why? Because it's the easiest place for the enemy to come in and mix up what you believe and what you, what, you, what you think. And that's why the Lord, that's why the Lord, God gave us scripture. Because there's over 8,800 promises that we can fix our mind and our faith on rather than our feelings and emotions. Oh, I don't feel like God is there. Well, what does scripture says? He is always there. That when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. Promise. I can't change that. The enemy can't do anything to change that. So why are you freaking out? <laughs> so in the same way, how do we truly fix our hearts to do it for God and not for others? What is scripture is God's heart. Not only that, but for God's heart for us. When you ask, when, when we ask the Holy Spirit, please, you know the intentions of my heart probably better than even I do. So help me to know my own intentions. He is faithful to fulfill that. Why? Because it's in accordance with his word and obedience to his will. And we need to know that. So that answers your question. Okay. I just crap myself up. Move. Thank you, Jenny. I appreciate it. Is kissing the homies gay? Interesting question, Blake. Um, that's not really our topic right now. If you're actually serious about that question, uh, rephrase it and be a bit more specific and I can answer it. I saw this quote a few days ago. God isn't a drug. Just because you don't feel him all the time doesn't mean he's not there. Correct. I think that's 100% true. Because if we, if we went solely based on our feelings and emotions, we'd be all over the place, right? That's why he gives us his word. Justin Bieber fan. Okay, I thought Justin Bieber joined for a second. <clears throat> all right, let's keep going. So now, uh, 6 verses 9. Matthew 6 verse 9. Pray then like this. And he gives, he gives uh, the Lord's Prayer. And like I said before, I'm not going to dive into this even though it is amazing. I'm not going to dive into this today, so we're just going to read it. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Unfortunately, we're not looking at that today. So we're going to keep going. Verse 14, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Now that's really heavy, right? That's really heavy. But it's important because it's also in accordance with the thematic call throughout scripture, right? What Jesus talks to us about. You You gotta understand that we can always... The Bible so often is so useful taken literally, but understanding the literalness of it comes with understanding the context, but also the theme of what Jesus is trying to get through. He's trying to say that if you have an expectation of someone else, you should also have that expectation of yourself. So if I expect the Lord to forgive me, then I should be forgiving other people that have wronged me, right? That is the message he's trying to get across. And that, that can be so hard. And that is something we have to daily be intentional about with the Lord. Lord. Lord, thicken my skin to know and rest in your promises, but soften my heart so that I can really truly feel what other people are feeling and step into their shoes, even if they're wronging me. Emily, I never thought about that, about not letting our feelings be the pillar of our faith because our emotions can easily be attacked by the devil. Yeah, it's 100%. I'm so glad that you took something away from that. Now, mind you, I said... Not primary pillar, right? So it can, it can, if we're looking at like a pillar, a house on a pillar, and, and, and then over here, right? We, we don't want our feelings and emotions to be the core pillars, right? But it can be a part of the house because God delights in our emotions, right? He, he, he made us in his image. And so we also can, can have those feelings and emotions when they're in accordance with his will and obedience to his word. They're beautiful because he gave them to us. But because of our fallen nature, because of our sinful reality, the, the enemy tries to target those all the time. So I'm glad you took that away. It's weird to hear the Lord's Prayer without thine art and all them fancy words. That's what I always heard growing up. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people say it in different ways. Um, super interesting. Blake, how do we understand this passage about forgiveness in light of eternal security? What does God not forgiving us when we don't forgive others look like? Ooh, beautiful. So, <clears throat> Heavenly Father, give me words to convey this clearly. All right, so how do we understand this passage about forgiveness in light of eternal security? What does God not forgiving us when we don't forgive others look like? All right, so this gets into the question of predestination election, which if you don't know what that is, predestination election is... Because God is all-knowing, he has selected election. He has elected a few, like elected certain people to join him in heaven heaven, and others to go to descend into hell. Predestination is his all-knowing knowledge of who will join him in heaven and who will go to hell. Free will is the position that is taken where we, where God, or we have the decision to choose him or to choose hell. And so... Blake's question is, how do we understand this passage about forgiveness in light of eternal security? What does God not forgiving us when we don't forgive others look like? 
So that is a theological debate, right? Uh, predestination election versus free will. And the Bible backs both. And if you disagree, um, let's have a conversation sometime. Um, because how I read scripture, and this is me, right? I'm going to encourage you to dig in for yourself. This is me. I always look for the thematic, the theme behind everything that the Lord is saying. Because I, I believe that shares, shows his heart. So even if we believe in predestination and election and we know that God chose me and I'm going to join him in heaven, that doesn't limit his call for us to live in relationship and righteousness with him. Matter of fact, it brings us even closer to that because we should be in pursuit of him because he has given us that. In the same way, if it was my choice to choose him or to choose Satan, well, I know that I should always intentionally be living choosing him because I want to honor him. I want to thank him for the choice he's given me. But to now that we have constructed that outline, so that's the viewpoint you're coming from, how do we understand this passage about forgiveness in light of eternal security? Regardless of eternal security and where your position is on that, we are called to follow in obedience to his word. Right? So what, if his, what does his word say? He says, forgive others because you are forgiven. So if you don't forgive others, what means do I have to forgive you? Why should I forgive you if you're not living in accordance with my word? If you're not living in pursuit of righteousness and relationship? So when we give our lives to Christ, we now, it's not only that we've given our lives to Christ, but he calls us to surrender our heart, surrender our life to Christ. What does that mean? That we will be following in continual pursuit of what his word says. So it's not a matter of eternal security because if we are eternally secured, we are going to be pursuing what he calls. So we are going to be paying attention to his call here. So we are going to be forgiving others as we forgive ourselves, as God forgives us. So I hope that answers your question. That was a lot of theology there. Um, I'm, I'm a major in theology with an emphasis of missions and evangelism. So... Um, yeah, I hope that is helpful. I know that was pretty complicated, but, but like this is something I've been thinking about for a while. I'm following. Praise God. Jenny, predestination scares me a little. I'm going to try and not make this the focus, but um, predestination is assurance for those who believe. So, yeah, I'm not going to make it the focus, but it's not scary. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's real helpful. I'm kind of scared of it. Don't be scared. <laughs> that's real helpful, Cade. Good job. No, um, I understand that because without, without truly um, studying and understanding the Lord's heart and our, our understanding about it, it can kind of be scary because how do we know God chose us? Well, our assurance is in scripture, right? Our assurance is that when we do this, it was within God's will preordained that we did that. So anyway. <laughs> all right. Um, other than that, that's kind of all I had right now. We're going to get into Matthew 6, 16 through all the way to chapter 7 tomorrow morning. So I hope, <sighs> I hope that is helpful. What can you do with a theology major? <laughs> Amen. Um, well, I'm going to be doing this full-time, actually, Living Love. We got tours planned. Uh, we're going to be traveling um, around the country and abroad, and we're going to be coming to wherever you guys are. If we can set up events, we're there, and we're going to be preaching the name of Jesus and 
um, evangelizing and discipling. And that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, for the most part, though, with a theology major, you could pre- pursue pre-seminary, um, pre-sem. Pre- pre- you could pursue seminary and become a pastor or some other type of um, biblical advisor in a way or a pastoral position at a church. Um, you can also top it with different things like a master's and teach theology in Bible. awesome awesome Jenny if you guys want us to come there as a group you need to get in contact with your church local body a community whatever it is if it's your if it's your community your town you want us to come to then we're gonna come and bring a tent but you got it you got to get that going and get people to invite us there we're totally willing to come so anyway all right Let's close this out in prayer. I hope you guys, if you, if you guys were touched today, then after the prayer, please put a heart in the comments. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Jesus, and we thank you that we could have had this time today to just really dive into your word. God, we brought up some, some things here that, that are kind of complicated and we really have to look into and discern and pray into to maybe feel um, comfort in that, God. But you are the God of all peace and of all joy. You say, let the joy of the Lord be our strength. So God, we pray that we have a peace which transcends our understanding. That even though we might not ever on this side of the new earth and new heaven understand your ways, that we can have joy and peace amidst them. God, that's a promise and we are called to uphold you and your promises because you are faithful and full of integrity. So thank you, God. God, I pray for each individual on this live stream or sees this video later. God, I pray for joy and peace. Jesus, I I cast out any anxiety, any stress, any depression, anything that is not of you. God, let our experience never mean more to us than the promises of God. Let us not make our judgments of our life through our experience over the word because your word is the same today, yesterday, and forever just as you are the same today, yesterday, and forever. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in your name, amen. Amen. All right. If you learned something today, if you were touched or blessed in any way, put a heart in the comments. Maybe share it. Yeah. Share it if you think somebody needs to hear it. Share it with a friend. But I'm going to close it out here pretty quick. Blake, by the way, um, those papers you DM'd us about, I'm not actually going to share those because I got them from a professor that teaches them and it's actually his material. So I can't share those, but they're out there. (laughs) So if you're interested, just go ahead and look into it. All right, guys. We love you so much. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Blessings.